Yes, sir. And welcome to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. And before I introduce my co-host, I want to do what I always do. I want to tell you how you can reach out to the show and get in contact with us. We can be reached at Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus, on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And if you want to email us, you can email us at road to Damascus. That's road to number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. We would love to hear any feedback, any show topics, any discussions. And when you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to, go ahead and give it a like, but also leave comments there as well. We would love to hear from you guys. So as I like to always do, I like to introduce the people who helped this show run with me that helped this ship that I couldn't do it without. I'm going to start to the person to my right, my main man. Excuse me, my main girl, Lolo. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Lolo. Please forgive me. You get a loud round of applause. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, Directly in front of me, the rabbi. What's up, Rabbi Shonda? What's up, everybody? All right, all right. And to my left, my main girl, I mean, I'm just, to my left, my boy who always with me, my boy, Steph, what up, Steph? What up, all right, all right. Great to have you all with us today. Great to have you all with us today. So uh, we got a good topic in store because what's the topic I came up with? No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so we've kind of throughout all the shows have kind of in um, weave this conversation into it, but I wanted this to be an exclusive conversation Um, because this is almost based on what I built this ministry road to Damascus was all about. Um, And that is tradition slash religion um, versus relationship and how we have been in a sense dealing with traditions instead of dealing with relationships for the bulk of the time that I've, I've been saved and in the church. And when I start to go back and look at the history for the bulk of the 20th and 21st century, we've dealt more with the religion aspect more than the relationship aspect. And I'm not, and the reason I use the word more tradition is because religion and tradition aren't the same, but the Bible does say for the traditions of men, have made the word of God of non-effect. So with that being said, I'm going to start with you, Rabbi. When you hear tradition or religion versus relationship, what do you think? Oh, that's a lot. Tradition is a set of beliefs or behaviors that's passed down um, systematically within a group or a society. Um, religion is what destroys the intimacy of relationship. And relationships is how we intimately connect you know it's an authentic connection and without that Christianity doesn't exist you know it the definition in itself is relationship you know it should be now we've turned it into something else but Christianity should mean relationship or connection and uh, so I think a lot when we talk about it, it's going to be interesting to see how the trifecta of these things you know merge and dissipate over the course of this conversation okay Lolo um, I, 
absolutely agree. <laughs> absolutely agree. Um, like she said, I had went and I had read the definition of what tradition was, and then I read the definition of what relationship is. And it's literally two different things. So when you think about tradition, think about all of the traditions that we know. So you, it can be a tradition in a church. You, it can be tradition in culture. There are things that they do because they're supposed to do it. They have been taught to do it. And there's no other way around it, right? When you think about relationship, that is something that you build on your own. That's not something that you were taught. That's not something that has been given to you. That's something that you actually invest in. So I think that that plays a huge part when it comes to our daily lives. Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen. You get that? I like that, Lolo. I like that. All right, Steph, go ahead. Hit us, hit us with some knowledge. All right. Uh, <clears throat> tradition is limited. And the relationship is infinite. So, um... Get this man some music. Take you back to the day. <laughs> no, so, so uh, with, with the relationship with God, he can take you so many different ways. Um, you don't know... Um, what God wants you to do at that moment. It may be something that God wants you to do with the relationship. You have that communion with God. I, I've been reading um, Exodus on the Bible one year plan, which is dope. I talked about it before. It, it's I'm lit. It too. <laughs> you want it too, Lolo? Uh-huh, oh, straight up? <laughs> Hold on. Which one of y'all love? Uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. okay. It's, it's a nice one on the Bible app I'm on. Um, and I'm, I actually missed a couple of days, but I'm, I'm like six or five days missed. I'll, I'll catch up. But. We've been um, in Exodus, and we just got to Leviticus, and I see the relationship that Moses had with God. And it's so important because the children of Israel have more show tradition, and Moses had the relationship. And you can see how the disconnect was to where God was only able to communicate with Moses and not the children of Israel because of the fact that tradition halted what got the possibilities that God wanted to do for those those, those people. Um and when Moses, being the man that he was and having that relationship with God, he was actually able to talk back to God. Certain things that God wanted to do, he was able to actually talk him off the bridge. Like, I'm going to kill those people. No, 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 please, though. These are your right. people. That's a relationship. Absolutely. Tradition doesn't allow you to talk back to God, to actually have input. Tradition is one, is, is one way. It's limited. You can talk to a ton of people, and you can live. The thing about tradition is you can live your whole life. And it can get you to salvation, but it doesn't get you those wows, those 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 amazing things that you can talk about. Those 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 uh, testimonies, those those like revival type changes <clears throat> to where, man, I was going in this store and this happened. I, I, prime example, I've got another story. I always I got to tell the story. <laughs> we were uh, me, my brother, a um, brother that passed, and our dad were working at a project in North Carolina and uh, we were uh, the company we were doing the work for. So we were subbing for them. Um, we were doing a build out on a hotel. Um, so we actually stayed at the hotel. It was in Raleigh Durham. And so we would get paid, but the way we would get paid, we would have to go to like a Publix and go to MoneyGram, and they would send our money that way. 
So we're in MoneyGram, and around this time, we were praying consistently, all three of us, every single day. So imagine three men, like mine, praying to God, asking for change, um, and really seeking God, fasting, working out. So we were building spiritually, building physically. So we were on a different level. And uh, we were going in Publix, and I remember a woman just ran up to us, like, in the front of the store. was like, oh, thank God. She's like, God, it was a guy that was following me around the store. And God said, go to the front of the store and you will find some of my, my men. And she said, as soon as I came to the front of the store, I saw you three. She was like, God is so good. And I remember this story vividly. Right. Sure, my dad will remember this story. And it made me think around those times when you had these, these things that happen, it begins to see the impact. And how important a relationship is Absolutely. versus just a traditional part. Because the tradition you can learn that through somebody else. But the relationship is a role with God. Amen. So I like that. Um good. that was real good. Um so the the when I think of tradition, I think of family traditions. Um every year we have a picnic. Um, no matter what's gonna happen that weekend. Just around 4th of July is going to be a family picnic. Does everybody go? No. Some people stay. The weather might be bad, things like that. But because it's a family tradition, some people choose to go. Some people choose not to go. But so when you think of those type of things, you think of a relationship, you think of traditions that can be passed on. But when you have a relationship with somebody or a relationship that's sustainable, it then becomes different where it's like, Okay, you know what? I have a relationship with this person. I need to be there for this person. I need this person to be there for me. You almost feel more entitled to be there. I'm, I don't just come to see a relationship isn't just on the 4th of July weekend. A relationship is I'm, I know you need me. I'm there for you. I know that you have a need. I am going to fulfill that need. I, you could talk to me about anything. I could talk to you about anything. Tradition says this is what we're going to do at this time around this time of the year where relationship is call on me and I will be there. What's that song with uh Whitney Houston and uh lean? No, no. Yeah, that one right there. Okay. No, we'll let Lauren sing it. She's the psalmist here. <laughs> look, at, right. look at Lauren's Thank face. You, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No yeah, Lord, like I was about to go in the zone and he gonna, he gonna throw the old man though. But do you get what I'm saying? And that's yes. what I think of. And I think that the church today, or and I'm not even just today, but the church over the last 50, 60, 70 years has just become a church of tradition. And religion, I think we are in the religion of religion. Like, like our religion is religion. Like, we're, like these certain traditions have to happen. And we don't have to talk about this. We can, I'll bring this topic up later. But I've always, and I've often gotten to an argument with <laughs> Lauren's mom about this, is about church service and the way we do service. And every church does service the exact same way. Where is the manual that says that church service has to be done this way? Right. I mean, everybody, you, you, you know, you're going to go in, it's going to be praise and worship. After praise and worship, some churches, they have a scripture read. Some don't. It depends. Pastor's going to go. He's going to preach. Altar call. After altar call, um, 
Offering. Offering, announcement, dismissal. That is that is universal for Protestant churches. No matter AME, Baptist, Pentecostal, non-denominational. But that is a tradition that people is like, why why does it have to be this way? Right. And nobody can tell me why it is this way. It's just because we've been doing it that way. That is a tradition that we have accepted that it needs to be done that way. So I just, but we will, we'll, I know because trust me, I'm really going to dive into it right. when we get into that part <laughs> of the discussion. But <clears throat> so let me start with, I'll start with you low. How do you think we got into this predicament of being more about tradition and not really emphasizing a relationship? I know y'all sick of me saying this, but learn behavior. <laughs> so yes. you are who you hang around, whatever you see, on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever, you're going to do it. So that's where tradition came from. Somebody started it, and then they had someone else say, oh, they might be right, because it was something that they never seen before or experienced before. So they assume that it's correct. Okay, so you got one person, then you got two people. And then if the second person has a family, that's five people right there. And then it just goes on and it goes on and it, it becomes normal. Right. It becomes, this is what we do. Even though there may be a million other ways to do it, but because we've been doing it like this and we think in our mind that it works, we're going to keep doing it. Okay, Shonda. She really kind of said it. You know, traditions are passed down. You know, they are, they are given to you and we just kind of keep it going. The only thing about it is, once you really enter into a relationship, traditions no longer satisfy you. Once you enter into real relationships. I feel that. Trust you know, me. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Steph. I mean, they said it. <laughs> Steph, like, I have nothing else to no, add. No, they both said it. Right. I mean, it's definitely learn. And then um, once you enter into that relationship with God, those traditions never satisfy you because they limit you. Yes. It's like a bird being in the cage. The bird is in the cage, but the bird has been flying around the world. There's no way that bird is going to be happy being in the cage. Right. You limit your possibilities. So that relationship just takes you that much further. So I've often said um, to people in, in my own walk that I – we were raised in the church and we were raised in under certain traditions and things like that. And what relationship I was always believed certain things. Oh, well I was taught that I was either told by my mom or my dad or my grandparents or uncles and aunts. But when you start to read the word and have that intimate relationship with Christ, your perspective changes. So before I just want to ask y'all this, and this is more of a personal question. What was something that when you truly started to build your own relationship with Christ, that something that maybe you used to think was a certain way and then it didn't hit the same way once your relationship with Christ got close? Like it was like like you were taught this your whole life and then it was like and then you got in a relationship with Christ and you was like, no, this 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 ain't what I've thought or what I've believed or what I've been taught. So does anybody have Stephen? Go ahead. 
<laughs> Growing up, I remember, I think I said this before. I remember I used to hear my, my uncles and everybody say, Amen. So as soon as I was in a relationship with God, I'm thinking, like, I got to say, Amen. You know, that, that just showed me he on the right path. As I start getting in a relationship with God, I don't feel like saying Amen today. Because I'm seeing in my, in my struggles, I'm going to have those ups and those downs. But the whole point of the premise of the relationship is to stay consistent with God, constantly seeking him. Those areas that were pleasing people, I didn't care about that anymore. Originally, I did. It's like I had to make sure that people knew, man, God is good. Oh, I sound like you, you, you really seeking God, brother. Yeah, I am. Didn't care about that no more. I don't care what, what people say about my relationship with God. I don't care if somebody somebody can know my relationship with God based on being around me. But me trying to satisfy other people and try to prove to them where I'm at, where I am in my relationship with God doesn't matter to me anymore. Right. Amen. Amen to that. Shonda, you got something? Of course. For me, it was what worship is supposed to look like. You know, it, it seemed like in the traditional churches, Everybody had to worship the same or no, nobody thought you were worshiping. Like if you don't have your hands raised or, you know, if you don't follow, you know, what's being done, then you're not really worshiping. But then when I entered into a relationship, I realized worship doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? Where's the written rule that I have to raise my hand right here? Where's the rule? You know what I mean? Maybe my worship today is sitting here with my eyes closed, just thinking about how good God is. You know what I mean? Or how who he's been in my life. You can't write my story. So why is it that I'm depending on you to tell me how to close it out? Man, you. So, no. Shonda just hitting them today. Man, I felt that. You know? <laughs> I, I felt that too. <laughs> Religion is a guy in church thinking about fishing. Relationship is a guy out fishing thinking about God. <sighs> All right, now that's Man, I, I do. Should I just keep the button? Keep. Should Every I just keep this talk, in loop when she talk? Ready. Should get I just keep ready. this in loop? <laughs> no, but I know I, I like that. Low. For me, it was prayer. Um, when I was growing up. I don't care who church I went to. I seen everybody when it was time to pray, you know, they got on on their knees. Some people had their pillows down there. And it was mandatory. Like, if you did not get out on your knees to pray, it was over. Like, you would get in trouble. Like, get out on them knees. It's time to pray, right? When I started praying and I started to establish my relationship, sometimes, yes, I do get out on my knees to pray. But... That is not the only requirement. To but be sometimes you're in your car right. driving and exactly. praying. Or sometimes you cannot stay still. You got to move around. You got to walk it right. out. So for me, it was definitely prayer. Absolutely. Just, okay. You know. Okay. So for me, <laughs> the number one thing was actually judging other people. Okay. I felt like we, even within our family, was very judgmental of other people even though we were doing stuff we had no business doing, we were very judgmental of people and the things that they did because they weren't us and our family and wasn't saved like we were saved. Okay. Like we had a different type of salvation. So we thought. So we thought. Right. But I began to realize that once I built my relationship with Christ, that one, judging people is not what we're supposed to do. Loving people is what we're supposed to do no matter what they do. You are not excusing the sin, but you are loving them 
to show the relationship you have with Christ is because Christ loves us not because of, but in spite of what we are going through or what we're dealing with. So the number one thing for me was not to be judgmental for what people are dealing and struggling with. Right. And if I needed to give them an honest word, I would give them an honest word, but it wasn't one to make them feel put down or you going to hell for the things that you were doing because it was literally like, Oh, you doing that? You going to hell. You hear somebody cuss. They, they going to hell. You hear somebody, you know, you playing that kind of music. Oh, you going to hell. You didn't have sex. Oh, you going to hell. You didn't. It was like, I was sending everybody to hell. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't have a heaven to hell to put anybody in. Right. And at the end of the day, that's why the Bible says, what? Let the wheat and the tear grow together. He'll do the separate. I'm not a, I'm not the one who needs to be separating the wheat and the tear. So we need to understand folks that's listening under the sound of my voice that Jesus will separate the wheat and the tear. You don't have to do it. It will be done. Right. So I just thought I'd put that little disclaimer in there. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I like that. That was, uh, you know, some, that, so people can hear and understand the things that they're dealing with. So let me, ask, let me, <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you still think that I'm not going to ask about a specific church, but do you still do you see that starting to change? Do you start to see churches starting to move away from tradition or do you see them starting to um, lock in and say, no, we are not going to accept this change? And the reason I bring that up is because over the last year, we've had to do church differently mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. A lot of churches were closed or they couldn't do full capacity. There was restrictions on numbers, depending on the state. So and a lot of churches got upset because they felt like, well, um, no, we should still be allowed to do church, even though it's a deadly pandemic going on and people are dying, especially within the black community. But we're still going to do church because these lights aren't going to pay for themselves, even though they think people will stop tithing. But that's another conversation for another day. But. You know, so when I when I've seen certain churches dig in over this last year, do you do you think you starting to see a change or do you think that they're just biting down on it? Well, prior to COVID, no, it was the same. Now, I think that COVID has actually been a reality check for a lot of people that church is no longer the building. You was never the building. Yeah, but. With tradition, it, it told it, us it was the building. It's the building. You got to come to this building to be safe because this is where your freedom is. This is where you're going to get everything you need in this building. But COVID taught us that all of the brick and mortar places will be no more. So, how am I going to be saved without going to the church? I need to find another way to bring the church to the people. Absolutely. But in reality, we are the walking churches. Say that again. You know. Say that again, Shonda. I agree. Um, But I also think that a lot of churches have exchanged one set of traditions for another one. You know, and in trying to get away from what they consider tradition, they've created their own set of traditions. And you can tell because now they're struggling to let go now that we are in this in the midst of a pandemic. They're still struggling because the way we do church has changed, but your traditions won't let you let it go. 
And so, yeah, I think there people have tried their idea of um, moving away from tradition. But what you did was create another set, which is the reason why you can't find anybody to tell you, why do we have to do church this way? Oh, no, we, I'm, trust you me, know. we coming back there. Oh, I haven't yeah. forgotten that, Steph. No, it definitely has created a change. Um, how do you turn a diamond into a uh, coal into a diamond? You give it pressure. And this this whole pandemic has been pressure on a lot of people, and it's, it's actually put a strain on their faith. And what do we do when we're taught God, when we're in a struggle, we direct directly to God. You know, we go directly to God. Pastors only one person. Um, and it could be multiple pastors in one church, but can't. It's no way you can handle the 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 terror of a whole church at one time. Those some people have to go to God, and when they seek God, they begin to get a revelation. And once you get a revelation, that's the first start of change. You got to get the revelation before you can get any change. And people have gotten revelations now, um, being in the pandemic because they're not in the building like Lolo's is. Right. You know, they're at home, and now they're saying, you know what? I can serve God through here. The, the 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 biggest thing that the church does when I'm reading when I'm when I was on watching it on, you know, my iPad or my tablet or my phone, I was being able to get word, right? I was able to get a word that day, but it's not going to get me closer to God. I have to be able to take God with me on these on these days when I'm not at the church, I'm not at the building, when I'm when I'm in the car, when I'm not on my knees. When I'm walking, if I'm if I'm taking a stroll, if I'm at the home and I'm being bothered, those are the times. It's not just I got to look forward to Sunday to where I got to release this stuff. No, you need to release it now. Absolutely. Well, even uh, like Lauren on her IG page, she will post a, a clip of Stephen Furtick on a Tuesday. Or you've posted like a Stephen Furtick uh, video on like a random Wednesday. Yep. Right. Or... Um, uh, um, if I come across something that is profound, I might send it to one of y'all in a group chat or group text, I should say, or I direct message y'all on, um, IG or something like that. So when we see something, we'd be like, and those are things to sustain us or things to encourage us throughout the week. Um, so let me ask you, Steph, why do you think it is, do you think it's fear of change is the reason that churches are scared? to do something different, to get out of the tradition? Do you yeah. think it's a fear of change? No, well, I mean, that's partly what it is, but you got to remember um, some of these roles of a pastor were passed down, right? So now we go back to a later episode and we talk about um, traditions and learning things and learn behaviors and things like that. So if if the pastor of the church was uh, the, the son of the previous pastor, he was taught by his dad on how to run the church. Right. So now he's he's conforming to the ideas and the ways that his dad set up before him. So now, you know what? No, we can't we can't do that. We've never done it that way before. Only minor Mm -hmm. pushback I would give, which I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But then I look at somebody that everybody wouldn't like Joel Osteen. Mm -hmm. Anybody who know his dad, they they are like night and day when it comes to how they run the church. I'm just saying the way they preach. The, 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 no, I was talking about right. more someone the traditional. No, sense, I get what you say. Unless you get somebody that's a, a liberated individual that makes a change. Right. They got a, a, an awakening or a revelation from God, like I said before. Right. And then they begin to make these different changes to where they they, they set up a different church. You know, got this you. church no, is I more got you. so 
His church is more so like on the message, you know, they right. talk and then they, you know, they kind of move on. You've got different churches in different ways, but at the exact same thing, the, the idea of church can't be deviated because you have that older crowd. Absolutely. I but get then what you're when saying. you get that newer crowd that comes in to where they say, no, nah, I'm not wearing any, I'm not wearing uh, a suit to church. I'm going to wear my jeans. I'm going to wear my, my dunks and I'm going to wear a hoodie. And I'm going to go to church and I'm going to reverence God. Now you begin to get a liberated uh, a body of people to where now God is moving in the church differently because you don't have that. I don't want to wear a suit. I'm wearing a suit now. Going to church. You get that older crowd. Just, no, y'all can't. No, don't be doing all that. Right. You yeah, wearing I got this. you. No, come as you are. Let's serve God and let's invite the presence of God into this place. Absolutely. Then you begin to see a change. Absolutely. You know, but a lot so, of times the older crowd has to yeah. pretty much die off, unfortunately. So, Lo, what do you think? <laughs> oh, not, 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 no, I'm not saying it like that, though. No. Like, I kind of did say it like that. I, I kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that. No, I didn't no. mean it like that. Are you I trying did. to send them no. up to y'all? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward, you guys. Hey, no, I hate to say it, though. It's kind of like that. <laughs> you trying to send them up to y'all? No, sometimes, sometimes it takes that. You know? No, no. Well, hold you, on, hold on. What, I get what you. On, what, did, what did God do with the children of Israel? Yeah. You talking uh, about the, the older ones had to die they off, had to die off because, because they couldn't they had occupy that, mentality. that that right. No, I, I get what you were saying. You could have used that example okay. since you always use <laughs> okay. examples. The one time you don't use the example, right. just or wait for him to die. Right. Just wait for him to die. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. Oh, yeah, don't 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 take it to pull yourself. <laughs> don't, don't help out. You don't right. help out. There we well, go. That's so, a disclaimer. So low. What? So same question to you. I would say it's the fear of the unknown, right? So when I was kind of thinking about this topic, I was thinking about Noah and the ark, right? They had never, ever, ever seen rain before. So if Noah did not have a relationship with God, his whole family would have been wiped away out of fear of the unknown, right? Something they never seen before. So that's the same thing now. Because it's unfamiliar to us and because it's something that we have never seen before. Like we say all the time, we want to experience God on a different level. But we keep God in this box because we are so fearful to just step outside. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing is unknown. Like with tradition, it's been like that forever. So right. if I have to step outside of this tradition and do it, and it, it don't even have to be the whole thing that has to change. It could be one step. Right. Absolutely. I like that analogy that you use with right. Noah because, like you said, Noah's sitting here telling these folks, hey, I'm building this boat because it's going to rain. Right. And the folks are like, what is rain? Exactly. What is rain? But because of this relationship Noah had with God, God told Noah what to do and why to do it. Right. And when the rain they, they they found out real quick what rain was. Right. So what do you think, it was a Shonda? Long time too before it started raining. It was like 125 yeah. years <laughs> before it actually started to rain. You know, and so but yeah, okay, N- another topic. Oh yeah, that's a uh, we can uh, definitely dig dig deeper into that. I'm I'm just gonna take another side of the issue, and uh, maybe maybe to spark some disagreement. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We'll this, see. We'll see. I think that one reason why there hasn't been a whole lot of change is that in order for people to change a system like this, you have to admit you've been doing it the wrong way. That's facts. 
And that's hard for people to do because you have to be willing to sacrifice the image that you've created in order to be who you're really supposed to be. And I think that could cause mass exodus. You know, it could, it could cause a lot that you, you can't predict. And I, I think that um, keeps people from changing. The church should be causing hot pursuit of God, not of more church. Nah, nah, you, you, you in my wheelhouse. Nah, that this how this is how me and Shonda's relationship became the way it was. Because yeah. when we would start talking, I say something, did she say something? It was right. like, did we just become best friends? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> stepbrothers. Stepbrothers, but um, <laughs> no, um, no, but I, I, that part I agree wholeheartedly with. I just think that the reason, I, I honestly, all of the points that y'all made to me. Right fit into because it's not one right answer or something like that but I think you all made perfect points because at the end of the day one it is fear of change like the unknown what would happen if we do do it differently but then at the end of the day we serve a guy who tells us to step out on faith and then it's funny to me because people always talk about I want this new revelation this new ramp do you even know the revelation that's in the book right now right and it's like the reason you get quote unquote new revelation or whatever. It's not new. It's just that your relationship has gotten stronger. Right. <laughs> That's oh a- man, that was <laughs> no, that I'm was serious. Bad. Like people think it's no, you, once you got out of tradition and into relationship, that was the new revelation for you because you've been in tradition so long that you didn't know what it felt like to be free. Oh, thanks. Like, Lauren's giving me permission. But I mean, y'all understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 back to the question I had kind of had at the beginning. Do one of y'all have, did y'all bring the script that we've all followed for since we've been going to church? Do one of y'all have the scripts in y'all pocket? That we follow, that it has to be this way. I got on jeans today. <laughs> so did, did you? Did you? Did you bring it with you, Sean? To Stephanie? Nope. Did you bring? I want to know why it is that we feel as though that church had like. Okay, I'm not. There was this church service that I was a part of. I'm not gonna say how long ago, but I was a part of a church service, and a person was telling a story, and when they started to tell this story the church started to just feel the, the spirit just started to feel the air and we just went straight into worship. I mean, awesome, awesome worship. And we was in worship maybe an hour. Wow. And all of a sudden as the worship started to come down to me, we could have just ended church service. Right. But the pastor felt the Don't need to come up and say, I still need to give a word. And I'm like, you really, you don't. Because we just had an awesome worship service. Right. You giving a word, if it ain't as going to be as good as this worship we just had, it's going to really bring everybody down. To me, that is because you felt like you had to do it because tradition tells you you have to do it this way. But if Lauren, who's a psalmist, goes into church one day and she's, really feeling it and she's been feeling it all week and the Lord put a song on her heart and she start to sing it and, and through her 
singing a song, it start to fill the church. And next thing you know, we in there worshiping and crying yes. for 45 minutes because of this song. She didn't sung because the Lord didn't been filling her up all week that her voice was going to shake the church. Why do we have to do anything else after that? Like, why do, why do we feel as though we have to do these things? That, that is the part to me where it's like we do Bible study on in the middle of the week. We do prayer in the middle of the week. We do all of these quote unquote specialties in the middle of the week. Like it's almost like it's like it's special teams. You know, the actual football is offense and defense, but special teams is it's important to the game. But we do those like we don't really practice. Stephanie, you play football. We didn't re- we, we practice special teams one day a week. It was like the last half hour of practice and the special teams could be the most important part of a game sometimes. It so it's like to me. Bible study, which to me is more important than anything, is dedicated to a Tuesday night. Some people show up. Some people don't show up. Prayer, which would be to me the second most important thing. I mean, I mean, because if we want to go, what did when Jesus was tempted, what is it? Thou should not live by bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds. So that's the word. That's right. important. Oh, then we talked about the relationship, praying. You understand what I'm saying? So that's a whole nother show we can get into. But. Why is though we feel as though these important parts need to be shoved aside and on Sundays we have to do it this way? What if on a Sunday is like we we doing a whole study series this Sunday. Right. So when y'all come in, this is what we're going to be studying. How about today? You know what? The Lord put on my heart that we just going to sing and worship and praise unto the Lord. Like, you know, like when it reminds me and I'll get y'all input. But do you remember the story when um, David was married to Nathan's? Not Nathan, um, Nathan's sister, but uh, Saul's daughter. Yes. And he had brought the um, Ark of the Covenant into town. Dancing. And he was dancing. And the people he was dancing with were the peasants. They Some of them, they were worshiping so much. Clothes were coming off. And right. they didn't. And that's where Fred Hammond's dance like David's dance came. Right. And when she saw him dancing, she got rebuked upset. him, got upset and rebuked him. Because the presence of the Lord was there, but because of tradition, Mm -hmm. because you're a king, kings don't act that way. You were down there with the pet. To me, that is what we do. We tell you, you have to do it this way Mm -hmm. or you're not doing it the way God wants you to do. Where the presence of God was there because they were doing it before the Ark of the Covenant. So who are you to then tell me that tradition tells me I have to do it this way when I'm doing it the way that we felt like because the presence of God was on us. That is the difference right there between religion and relationship. Because religion would tell you, we got a set of rules. It's legalistic. You can't do that. You don't do that. You don't dance out of your clothes. You don't sit with the peasants. You don't talk to them. You don't mingle amongst those people. But relationship will absolutely make you dance out of your clothes. And if you haven't, you ain't got no relationship. (laughs) It will absolutely make you do that. It will bring you to your knees, okay, Tears it will snatch tears from your soul while you're just driving down the street because of relationship. There are things that you do for a relationship that you're not going to do just because somebody asked you. And it doesn't matter what your position is. Not going to happen. Relationship is what is where the magic comes from. Say that relationship It's not tradition. It's not religion. It's the relationship. Absolutely. Steph. No, definitely. I mean, every, that, that, I think a lot of times, even going back to what you said about the pastor, I don't know his relationship. 
Well, God, you know, I don't know if God was leading him to, you know, I want you to say. Well, no, I, I, I asked them about that. Mm-hmm. And they said they felt as though some people had came there for a word and that they needed to get a word. Mm-hmm. And I responded with, no, they came there looking for God and they got God. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was what I said. But uh, and I'm not saying that he was it's not even about a right or a wrong. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I observed right. through because I saw the magic that had. I mean, you've seen this before, Lauren, where the magic that had happened. And when I come to you, Lauren, I'll bring up another situation. But go ahead, Steph. No, I'll be finished. Oh, oh, no. But so Lauren's dad is a pastor and we. Um, when he would go traveling to different churches, I would go with him, quote unquote, like a, a honorary armor bearer for him and things like that. So we had went to a church in Lansing and I'll never forget this. Um, very traditional church, very traditional pastor. If I said the name, very well known within the Pentecostal circle. So I'm not going to say the name, but um, when we went there, I think Lauren's dad, um, might have preached for like five minutes, not even. But the worship got so high in the church. We were, I'm not even joking. We were worshiping for about what, four hours, Lauren? About four or five. You're like, a lot older than me, so I don't remember. But no, no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it, we were worshiping so long. It ended up being like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I didn't even feel like we had been in church that long. Right. Like, and the people who were like super traditional, like the deacons and the elders, they left because it was too much. You know, mm-hmm. the, when when Jesus see, that's another thing. When Jesus show up, when the, when the, when when the presence of the Lord really Ooh. show up, the folks yeah. who ain't right, they can't even be there. They can't stand it. They can't, they can't take it that long. Because because the tradition yeah. is no longer in the church. You can sit through tradition because this is how we do it every Sunday. But when something get out of the ordinary and yeah. the presence really show up and they yeah. say, take your shoes off because you on holy ground, folks, can't, <laughs> they can't deal with that. They like, oh, no. So Lauren's dad, like I said, he might have said two scriptures. Right. But the presence moves so much that yeah, and we praying for people. The spirit is slaying. Folks is dropping, you know. And, and But a couple of the things I saw, one, our cousin who was with us. They wouldn't let her go on stage and sing because she was wearing pants. Mm-hmm. So that was a big no-no. So oh, I remember that. Now you, now you remember. So it's like how are – so even though the presence of the Lord was there, mm-hmm. do you see how even with that little move, that can even just bring something down? Right. Because what what is her wearing pants have to do with the worship that is going on in the church? Right. Like you literally going to tell this person they can't help to continue to – Worship and the praise going on because they're wearing pants. How ignorant is that? Yeah, but that was a part of the tradition. Those were the house rules. <laughs> you know, those are the house rules. And I tell you, the part that's frustrating is that you won't even allow the spirit of God to break your house rules. Mm. So go ahead, Lo, because you was there. Not that I said that part you remember. But I mean, but that was what we saw. We saw right in the same service. Tradition versus relationship. Absolutely. And and so just expound on that from your standpoint. I mean, even for me, and like I said, I was younger, but I grew up in the church. So even for me, I'll just say this, like my mom is, she is literally like she did not believe in none of that traditional stuff. Like something as simple as not getting your ears pierced. 
mm-hmm. we could get our ears pierced. Right. Like, I have two holes in my ear, guys. So when I thought about tradition, like, it never made sense to me. I it, it never, it just, I couldn't understand why this tradition was here when... When you go home, nobody is following you. So that tradition only applies when you're in the building. When you go home, you have to have a relationship because who's going to check after you? The deacon's not coming to your house. The elder's not coming and knocking on your door. They're not looking through your window. So well, you, Some of them are. <laughs> yeah, but not no, every just, day. Just, not every day, though. <laughs> Even if they are, but it's not no, every I got day. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Bro, I just, I, I just, no. what, what I'm saying, but even in that, they yeah. still are not watching you every moment. Absolutely. So that tradition, yeah, I'm going to follow it when I'm in here. But when I leave, if I don't have a relationship, then none of it matters. Absolutely. Because it's easy to play church. Oh. When you when you when you've been in church your whole life, you can go into a church and you can do exactly what they want you to do, how you want them, how they want you to do it, and better than some of the people that's been there longer than you. But when you leave out, and people that are not believers or do not know about tradition, all they're gonna be able to see is your light and your relationship. Absolutely, and that's the part right there, Lauren, that you just hit on. Is tradition allows you to play church. Uh, tradition allows you to understand and come in on Sunday and know exactly what to do. You know, when to clap, when not to clap, you know, when to shout, when not to shout. And you know, when you leave, what you're going to be doing when you leave church. So tradition says, what was you about to say, Steph? No, I said, uh, you know, I was just thinking it's uh, crazy because I'm like, uh, you know, the generation probably before us, right, they, they pride up the plank just a little more. And the generation before them had pried the plank up. And then the generation before them pried it up also. Right? So every single generation made changes to where they tried to break um, a tradition. Right? And then they, they, they figured that they would do things different than the church before them. Right? I'm pretty sure that church is different. Uh, was different in 1960 than it was in 1930s. People were having conversations like this. They just weren't going too far. Right. And I think that we're in a space now to where God has given us our generation so much revelation that we can see it's time to just completely pry away, you know, that plank to really see him in full reverence and in all to where we can experience God and in all that he is and his grace and his mercy. Because Absolutely. now we can see how it changed. We saw when we were younger, the church that, you know, when we were all coming up, how it changed from then. And then look how it's changing even now. Absolutely. So whereas now it's more so those, the, the churches that get the most are like those tent revivals. So where nobody cares about who's in there. Our ultimate purpose is to serve God in here. Let's just see where it goes. Let's see where it leads us. Right. Let's just pray. Let's but, be on one. Let's on be on one accord. But, but even with that stuff. So like, for instance, and I think I brought this up on the previous podcast about, us being westernized. So if you go to Africa, they do it a little differently. If you go to Asia, they're not going to do it the way we do it here. They are going to do based on their culture, based on their norms and things like that. That's why I'm saying there is no uniformity in Christ. 
and you know how I know there isn't a uniformity in Christ is because when Paul was writing the epistles, the letters, everybody's church had a different thing that they were dealing with. So the Corinthians weren't dealing with the same thing that the Galatians was dealing with. The Galatians weren't dealing with what the people of Ephesus were dealing with. They all had different um, sets of struggles. So why do we feel like this one uniformity is going to help us in the struggles that we're dealing with? You as a pastor should know, or as a leader or whatever person in the church is, what is, what is the major issue? Like Shonda, you used the example before of the church supposed to be in a hospital. A doctor should be able to see the symptoms and tell you what's wrong. Right. And, and, and I don't feel like church does that. I feel like they just come in and no matter what issue you got. All right. Here's a, here it was, here's some robot testing. Right. Everything just needs robot testing. Right. <laughs> like that Chris Rock joke here, Mo testing, Mo testing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And at the end of the day, what are we supposed to do with that? You understand what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it just, it just gets me, um, in a space of being frustrated and, or whatnot when I just think about all of that. So, Lo, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we uh about to close out this topic? Steph? Nope. I think we pretty much just found and everything. Shonda, you got something? Because I know you got something in front of you. you know, I always have no, something no. in front well, of you. No, no. Well, just go ahead. <laughs> I think religion robs us of the love of God. You know, there there are levels of God's love that we can't get to trying to hold on to those limitations, trying to hold on to those traditions. Um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this today and I, you know, we have a really good relationship, right? you know, um, and I trust you. So I would share things with you that I might not share with everybody else. Absolutely. Simply because of relationship. If I'm in the midst of a struggle, you know, I don't talk about those things with everybody because people look at me and think I don't need anything. You know, people look at me and think, oh, well, she has it all together. She's, she always has a word. They don't think that I struggle, but I do. But because of the fact that I can't share that with anybody, it's important to have people around me that I have real relationship with. Like today, for instance, you know, I know you would never tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> You know, um, I, I needed something and I was sitting there and, and, you know, I don't know if anybody else deals with, uh, you know, with, with, with guilt and, and shame when you need something because you get accustomed to being the one who's always providing what's needed. And so when you need something, you wrestle, you know, with uh, feeling like I shouldn't need anything or, you know, what are people going to think if they find out I need something? But I'm like, okay, I need something. I can't. I can't stay in this state. So I'm like, I'm going to reach out to my brother because he's not going to judge me because I need something. He's going to understand. But when you have real relationship with people, you can confide in them the wars of your soul. That's what I'm trying to get back to. When we have real relationship, that's when we can come boldly to the throne with the wars of your soul. If you don't have relationship, you sit in that moment and die at the gate and the spoils are right on the other side because you don't have relationship where you feel like you have access. That's Absolutely. what relationship gives you access. Man, we almost could close the show out on that right word there. right and there. Give her some music we too. Close. <laughs> 
we could almost close the show out on that one. No, that was a good word right there. But um, yeah, no, I, I that part and that part I, I absolutely agree with is relationship allows you to feel comfortable enough and understanding about what is right, what is wrong, what you can and can't do, and things like that. So we're about to close out like we always do. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you, Rabbi, since you just already on a roll so we're gonna go ahead and let that roll continue and let you uh start us out with the close out this is actually going to be very short um christianity is not about religion it's relationship and the reason why back in the day when we were a part of the traditional churches where we couldn't wear makeup and you couldn't wear pants and you couldn't play games that had cards or dice the reason why we did that is because we were told this is how you build relationship with god And this is how people get trapped in the cycle of tradition because you believe that this is how you're going to build that relationship. But you get down the road and you find out, hey, I gave all this stuff up and I still don't have relationship. So Christianity is not about, you know, religion. It's not about rules. It's not about what you can't do. It's about building a sustainable relationship so that when you need something, you're not unfamiliar to God. Absolutely. Great word, great word. Lolo? You mean tell me I got to go after that? (laughs) (laughs) I actually wrote something. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. This is going to be profound, and let me get the music ready. (laughs) I don't know about all that. But uh, what I wrote is, there is liberty that lies in relationship. To fully experience the love of God, you have to step out in the water and walk. The stain of tradition holds you back from fully experiencing God. Seek his face, study his word, word, and he will lead you where he wants you to go. Don't allow fear and the unknown to hinder you. Now, I don't know what you didn't think, but that was a word right, right there. That was a word and a half right there. Go ahead, Steph. <clears throat> All right, yeah, they set us up to be in the doctor's office. Now let's get them the antidote, right? <laughs> so, like, the number one thing that we want to do is I feel like – um. If you feel like that you're in a place to where you don't know if it's religion or relationship, you should just say a prayer, pray to the Lord and say, hey, Father, I don't, you know, I I may be doing some things that are out of tradition. I want to experience that relationship with you. Um, Can you show me those areas to where um, relationship or religion might be a hindrance in our relationship? Reveal those areas to me and invite. I want to invite you into my life to have that relationship to where the relationship that we all talked about and experience, the ones that that change you and shape you, the ones that even in in rough times give you optimism, um, the ones that 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 aren't in the cage, the ones that are just free like a bird. So, pray those prayers or pray that prayer and watch God reveal to you those areas to where tradition becomes null and void and relationship. That's it. Amen, amen, amen. That was good. That was good. Well, I just want to thank you guys for navigating this ship again with me today. Um, Really enjoyed the discussion and the topic. So today I think I'm going to let somebody else do my closing statement for me today. Stefan shared this clip with me with me, and uh, I think it kind of sums up perfectly what we've been talking about today. So I'll let them take it away. Religion without a personal encounter with Jesus Christ will not save the soul and it will not bring the peace that your soul longs for. 
millions of searching for God through religion and not finding it. You've got to know Christ for yourself. And when you come to know Christ for yourself, there's a peace and a fulfillment, and life takes on a purpose, and there's a sense of forgiveness of your sins, and there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You may be a member of some other religion. You may be Catholic, Protestant, Jewish. You may be Hindu, Muslim. Whatever your background, you may not have any religion. You come to Christ. I'm not asking you to come to a particular church. I'm asking you to come to the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, just remember, if anything else, if you didn't hear anything else, remember, it's not about religion. It's about relationship. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening and God bless.